Hello and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Here with me today to talk about complicated family situations are two high school students from our National Student Advisory Council, Mohammed and Ashika. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited because I really want to have this conversation because trust me, I've got a complicated family situation too. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. As a reminder, the information that we're going to talk about during this event is for educational purposes only. It's not intended, nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Let's get started by having you each introduce yourself, where you're from, and why you want to talk about complicated families. Um, hello, my name is Mohammed Shadid. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And this topic is of interest of me uh, because in my extended family, there are several uh, complicated family issues that have occurred over the past five, 10 years. Um, they're like really interesting to see how they play out and like how people react to them and how like they affect um, each group specifically too. Hi, my name is Ashika. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and I guess I'm interested in this topic, same as Mohammed, um, extended family, complicated situations. Um, my immediate family is pretty, pretty clean for now, but also it's just um, a really interesting kind of topic to look further into, kind of like family dynamics and just like how things play out and why, like the motives behind some of these situations and getting to the mental health aspect of it as well. So it's just an interesting topic for me too. Well, I definitely agree because, you know, when I look at my own family system, families, family dynamics impact and influence everything. I mean, they impact how we think about ourselves, how we develop our friend groups, but most importantly, they impact our relationships going forward and how we play out in our own, what we've seen in terms of how relationships have been handled, how they've been positive, how they've been negative and how they've been complicated are gonna influence us for the rest of our lives. So when we talk about complicated family situations, I know I've got some ideas, but but I'm curious, what what do you think of when you think of a complicated family situation? I think a good way to like answer this is like, if someone asks like describe what the situation is with a certain group of your family, like you respond with, it's complicated. Like, because it's an uncomfortable situation. You don't really know how to describe it. There's several factors playing into the part. There's several like ripple effects of what's happened people's different opinions um, occurring. Uh, like there's several different causes and then this led to one certain outcome too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I would also say it's like a situation where you don't feel comfortable even when it's your family and like the people who you spend a lot of time with. It's kind of, I guess a complicated family situation is where you don't feel like you can be open with other people in your family you don't feel like you can talk to them about maybe personal issues just because of like, like you said, external factors, maybe there's um, a substance problem or maybe there's communication problems between different family members, or maybe you guys have such differing opinions about things that you can't even like discuss anything without just breaking into an argument of such. So I think just like a situation where you're uncomfortable and everyone else is uncomfortable is probably what I'd define as complicated family situation. You know, Ashika, you bring up a really interesting point in, in when we have differing belief systems. And I think this happens a lot, especially during political seasons, uh, where you've got the, you know, the epitome of the Thanksgiving table, uh, 
and the drunk uncle who comes in and has very wildly divergent views than everybody else in the family and it ensues and it gets complicated and it gets difficult and it gets uncomfortable and all the things we're talking about. So how do complicated family situations impact the individuals who are dealing with them? I guess it serves like as a burden on them, especially if it repeatedly happens. Like you have to deal with it. Sometimes you have to solve them. You have to give advice on how to uh, solve them. You have to make people forgive each other. All that becomes a burden, like really annoying if you have to keep repeatedly doing it for a lot of different people. And especially if there's like similar situations too. Yeah. Um, there's also probably definitely a lot of mental and impact on the person's mental health. Um, just having to deal with all of that and like the forgiveness and the talking to your family and all of that dynamic. So I definitely think a person who's dealing with that might have maybe some mental health issues. Uh, maybe they might have anxiety because they have to deal with a lot of things in their family. So like you said, Dr. Robin, when they go out in like the real world and have relationships with other people, they might be a little hesitant to have those types of relationships just because of what they've seen in their own family. So it can definitely have an effect on their mental health. But also, like you said, relationships they have with people that are not in their family, um, just like their overall functioning. So not very good. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting that you mentioned mental health in there because I know um, we were talking in another episode about issues related to culture and mental health. And how, especially when you're looking at first generation and second generation families, how people even talked about the stigma related to mental health is very different. And perhaps with grandparents, you know, we didn't talk about mental illness and that wasn't a thing. And, you know, you may have had a relative who had mental health issues, but nobody ever talked about it. And that creates so many stigmatizing dynamics then, especially as now we're in a situation where, you know, young people today, like you, you both are, are very open and talk about mental health and are comfortable talking about mental health, but you probably have relatives who weren't comfortable with it. So do you have any personal experience uh, or know of somebody who's experienced a complicated family situation? And if you're comfortable, would you share that experience with us? Um, for me personally, I'm very lucky that I don't have any personal experiences, but I do um, have a lot of friends who have to deal with a lot of tiger parenting. Um, tiger parenting, I guess, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of like when your parents are very much focused on you and they're just like very authoritative, very aggressive. They want you to succeed in life, which is good, but the way they go about that is very, um, very, very aggressive. Like I said, there's another word for it I can't think of right now, but I have a lot of friends who deal with tiger parenting um, so they have to always get like the best grades and be the best at their sports or if they like get a B or a bad grade on a quiz, um, their parents won't be very happy and they won't go very well with them. So I have seen a lot of cases of that and it's not, it's not pretty, but um, that's definitely an experience I've had from a distance of just like complicated family situations. You know, and it's interesting going with the tiger parenting for, for just a second here. I imagine that that probably has an influence on somebody's self-esteem. And how does how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, kind of like I said with the example with 
quizzes and tests and academics, um, just like having that mantra that you have to always be the best and always get the best grades. And if you get anything less, or if you ever make a mistake, then you're a less of a person or like your confidence drops because of that kind of those ideas tiger parenting has put into your head. So like if you ever make a mistake or do something less than what is expected of you, that's definitely a some a drop in self-esteem and self-confidence right there. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Mohammed, how about you? Uh so for me it's like a relative like who like their career choice didn't conform to like their parents' standards or like culture standards, especially back in like the Middle East. So he struggled like with his career choice and like all that, um, all the feedback he received um, and bickering towards what his choice and what he wanted to do with his life and how he wanted to try and be different and unique than just following the same, uh, than trying to just conform to the same societal standard that his uh, family has for generations. Um, and it's like hard to see him going through that. And like, everyone's just like, every time like they see him, he sees his family, they're always bringing up that topic, which is just kind of heart wrenching to see. Uh, they're not trying to talk about anything else, ask how he's been. They just focus on that one aspect and call it a mistake, which is also very like um, harmful to one's self-esteem, makes them regret their choices, uh, puts their happiness at risk, makes everything they've done seem like it was useless, that it was no point, that they should have just stuck to what their parents want and not tried something new. So, yeah. That's hard because that's kind of like that combination um, in both these instances. There's a lot of combination in there of of culture that plays into uh, the complication and the expectations of this is how we've done this and and I want to actually live my own life and 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 be different and have that be okay it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your family and especially in a complicated situation it takes immense amounts of courage and it's also very very scary to do that it's not that easy at all to do that no, I can't imagine that it is. And 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 I, I can't imagine, you know, as being somebody who's watching that, how does that impact you? I mean, when you think about your life choices, when you're seeing some of these situations play out, what does that what does that do for you? What do you think about? I guess it like makes me wary of trying to like make different choices, of trying to be different, trying something new, it makes me scared of like trying to bring up all these new topics to them. It also kind of makes you scared to like talk to your family too if you want to get their insight on an opinion, because you have that fear that they might judge you, even if it's not true, like you see these things happen and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't bring up, maybe I shouldn't talk about my feelings. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Maybe I shouldn't try something new. All because you're afraid of the feedback and um, the image your family will have of you. And like for most people in our culture, the image of your family is very important. So you're afraid to like break that or to disappoint that. I think that's probably the the theme that ties these two scenarios together is that fear of disappointing someone, that fear of letting somebody down, that fear that if I'm not good enough, uh, that that my family is going to be disappointed in me and how that plays out. When I think about that idea of that fear of disappointing someone, I can imagine that probably would have impact on relationships you might go into, personal relationships. Uh, have you seen how this has impacted people's personal relationships? Um, I guess I have seen an instance, or at least I've heard of someone who was um, who had to deal with this, not letting down their family. Um, and when they went into 
they had a relationship with someone. Um, it was an intimate relationship and they were just afraid of not being either the perfect partner for them, like mm-hmm. letting them down in their relationship. And it caused a lot of problems for um, the the couple because the person was just so afraid of being like how she was seen by her partner and how she developed her relationship with her partner. And it was just, it was really, it was really hard to hear about because I wasn't watching this directly. I was hearing about it from other family members. So I have seen something like that in more of a romantic relationship between two people. In terms of like this person and his like parents who are like um, bickering him about his career choice, like whenever, like I said, whenever they sit in a room, like you can just feel tension. And then it also like often leads to arguments breaking out, um, bringing up the past, blaming. Um, and it's like uncomfortable, especially if you are sitting in a room with them, which I have in the past. It's it's not a good situation to be in. It's uncomfortable. It's also scary. You're like, oh, wow, if that can happen to them, it can happen to me. Like, so you don't want to see that happen to yourself. And you're like, oh, like th- this is... Um, like this is harsh. Like this is like hard to watch of people like just arguing. Like they're family. They're um, but over like this one specific issue, um, people like get disappointed, and it just breaks down like the foundation, I guess. And it's hard to see. I know one thing that I've seen that's a new complication that we see are families that are divided by vaccination status, and you have portions of family that you know everybody's vaccinated, and following all the protocols and doing all the things and another side of the family that is not and is actually against vaccination. And I see that in my own family playing out. Um, I have a a wing of our family who does not believe in vaccinations, who who just thinks that that this is just all, you know, (laughs) the world will provide and everything will be fine. And and you all are sheep just just following the, you know, following people and and people who've done their own research, which I always want to ask, what lab did you go to? Uh, but the idea that that vaccination can then divide uh, a family. And this played out really, really interesting uh, last year when there was a family gathering and some of the people who were attending um, were vaccinated and were not comfortable. And some people decided just plain not to go because they knew this was going to be a large gathering of people who were unvaccinated and some people who were vaccinated felt this was not a good thing and didn't support it. So those people chose not to go, didn't go and do it. And, uh, you know, there were consequences for that, but other people who were vaccinated, who chose to go, then also got exposed because like any good father family gathering of unvaccinated people, it turned into a super spreader, right? So that brings up a whole new level of, family dynamic during COVID. Have have either of you seen that play out uh, and had experience with that or heard about that? Personally, I have not, but I've heard like from fellow friends who have and like how their family doesn't want them to get vaccinated, but they really do because it like it gets them, gets them out of school when their contact trace gets them out of sports events that they really want to attend. And I can hear about like how their argument, how they have very different beliefs about this issue, but they don't have really choice because their parents won't let them. So, yeah. That's got to be really difficult. Have you seen that at all? Um, I definitely have seen, Mohammed, what you said of back in the beginning when COVID vaccines were first coming out, parents who wouldn't let their kids get vaccinated, so they would go with like their friend's parents or they would go with another trusted adult to get their vaccination. 
they would find some way to do it just because their parents were like, no, we don't want you to do this. And they were, I mean, they couldn't, some of these kids were young, they couldn't drive themselves or possibly there was a policy in which they couldn't go. So I've definitely seen a lot of that and a lot of just like divisions with like COVID doesn't exist. A lot of those still people who think COVID does exist and who think it's all like a government issued um, just kind of fiasco. Um, and also with masks, wearing masks. Um, so I've seen a lot of different variations of COVID, just like dividing families. Um, so that it has been really interesting. I agree. So what kind of resources do you think are out there to help people in these situations? I mean, where do they go for help and support? Obviously, family counseling is an option, but it's not really like one most people want to take because because then they're admitting that they um, people don't feel like they need to do it, that they're over exaggerating the situation when it gets to counseling. So they don't feel like it's necessary to go there. Um, one thing I found is that there are a lot of like YouTube videos out there that talk about this sort of issue, um, which I like I've been I've surprised to like see, especially like from um, Muslim speakers too. I, there's probably a bunch of other ones there, uh, but those are those I've watched. Um, they talk about like family dynamics, how to improve them, how to deal with certain situations that both sides of a part party aren't agreeing upon, um, how to talk through them, um, all that other stuff. And I'm sure there's also articles out there, um, conversation starters on like uh, teen lines, youth lines or whatever that you can help that you can also utilize to help yourself too. Yeah, um, there are definitely a lot of online resources that I've seen like websites and toolkits and like you said, YouTube videos. And I do agree that some people might not want to result to family therapy. It's kind of like being with your complicated family in a room with someone else there watching you, which might not be good for some people, but otherwise um, I do think that's also a good option for people who would want to try that uh, family counseling, having someone else in the room to kind of mediate the conversation and your family probably won't act crazy if there's someone else in the room as well. So there's um, definitely that. And um, maybe even also having like someone you can talk to that you feel comfortable sharing your family dynamics with someone it doesn't have to be just like a random person, but like maybe a mentor or maybe a person who's like a family friend. I have a lot of family friends who I can talk to when things go wrong in extended family. So just having someone else to talk to, but also someone who you feel comfortable sharing personal details with. You know, that's a really good point because perspective is important. And sometimes when we're in the middle of a complicated family situation, we lose perspective. And what we think is really the most important thing actually probably isn't. And what feels like something that's overwhelming and can't change might be able to if we looked at it a little bit differently. So that's a really good point to find a trusted friend that you can talk with, to find a trusted adult or mentor or somebody that you can talk with about that. But I really, I hadn't thought about YouTube as a place for finding how you deal with complicated situations. That's so fascinating. But it does make sense, especially in terms of, of figuring out what's worked for other people, because complicated family dynamics have been around forever. I mean, it's the basis for every good soap opera is a complicated family dynamic. So there's no new situations out there. It's all the same thing. And people have gotten through these for hundreds and hundreds of years. So how, you know, what important messages should people dealing with complicated family situations 
take away from our conversation today? What What do you want people to hear? Uh, maybe that it's normal. Um, it's not too late to like work through your problems. Everyone has their own problems. It's normal to to do so, um, to argue, to have these issues. But I guess what they should realize is that it's also important to have an open mind, realize like both sides of the story before just come, jumping to conclusions, jumping to arguments, talk through it, have long, meaningful discussions about it, um, understand like the situation of everyone, take everyone's feelings into account, everyone's emotions, and then explain like uh, yourself, your own decision. Uh, if, if, the situa- if the family's uh, situation was based on a decision, explain your um your, the, the basis for your decision, why you decided to do so, and why you feel like it's the best for you and for the family, too. Yeah, I definitely echo um, that statement, just to know that everyone has a complicated family somewhere. Um, so don't think that only you and your family are the ones who can't get along. I know that we all have our differences, and also just to know that there, um, you're not going to be alone. No need to solve all your family problems by yourself or take all the burden on your shoulders. There are always people to help, like a trusted adult or a friend or counseling or YouTube videos. Uh, so there's always help out there. So just know that there are resources for you and you got this. Some people's families, all of our families can get complicated, but there are ways to sort it out and try to live, like try to have a good dynamic. You don't have to be all friendly and kind of love everyone in your family, but just like get along well and understand each other's perspectives. You know, it's it's really interesting because this this idea of of family dynamics like this, I was reflecting on the on the fact that this is also normal. Uh, it's really, really normal, especially when you're entering that late adolescent, young adult age for families to have conflict and to have that. That's part of the differentiation process, because, you know, when you're young and you're growing up in your family, you do everything that your family says. I mean, that's that's for the most part, that's that's kind of how this works. And we we get in there and we we figure it out and we're, we're very close and we, you know, very much that's our, our tribal identity. But as you begin to differentiate and go off to college and go off to your life and and really differentiate from your family, um, it is very normal to have conflict and to have differences of opinion with your parents. And one of the things that we see a lot in complicated families is that that oftentimes, you know, there's the the story that, oh, my, I never would have spoken to my parents that way. Oh, my, I, I never would have had conflict with my parents this way. But the reality is, in most cases, they did. And when you go back in generations and you look, it's been going on for a really long time. And people sometimes, you know, time heals all wounds in in some respects. It's not true for everything, but that's that's kind of where some of that thought comes from. Because our parents went through the same thing and found ways to differentiate from their parents. They just have kind of absolved it in their mind and, and time has made it look much more pleasant. But the reality is people have been differentiating and having these complex situations for a long time. Now, some situations really, really are difficult. And I think this happens a lot. uh, And I don't know that it's as frequent, but you still hear about when people um, come out as being uh, LGBTQ, right? 
it, it is in some cultures still not accepted. It is in some families, in some religions still not accepted. And it can be very much uh, a complicating factor that can tear a family apart. And I think that was extremely, extremely common, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I don't know that it's as common today, but those are the types of things that that truly are complicated, but they're complicated for the right reasons. So just the, the thought in there. Have you thought about in your own family situations as you're coming up uh, on getting ready to go to college here soon? What are going to be the things that you're going to bump heads with with your family? Negotiating how far away you can go. <laughs> What's your strategy, Mohammed? Uh, trying to get in a good school and be like, oh, well, see, it's a good school, so I, I just have to go, you see. I Yeah, I can't say no. <laughs> One that's far away, too. I said be a good school and far away, too. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's the definition of far away in your world? Uh, ooh, enough that they can't sur uh, give me a surprise visit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't underestimate the power of a parent with a credit card to get on a plane. True. <laughs> Ashika, how about you? Where where's that rub? That differentiation going to come for you with your family? Um, I don't. I really have not thought about this. So. Maybe, possibly, what I, again, like we talked about, maybe what I want to study. Um, I know in a lot of Asian cultures and some minority cultures, we have, like Muhammad, like you talked about, like the lawyer, doctor, engineer, kind of like, that's what you have to be. So um, when you're not that, it's kind of like, oh, you're not keeping up your family's honor, or what are you going to do with your life? Are you... Is that even a real job is what they say. Um, all jobs are real. All jobs are respectable. But um, so I feel like that is definitely going to be something that comes up and I'm not excited. But when you just don't fall into those three categories and you're interested in something else, then um, I think you should go for it. But a lot of immigrant parents, they didn't really they haven't seen it that way based off of like how they grew up and like how they came here and sacrifices they've made and I definitely agree with all of that, but I know that it'll take some time for them to understand, too, um, the differing career paths that some people may have and differing interests. I know when I went to college, um, one of the biggest arguments my mother and I had was at one point I wanted to get my MBA. And I thought, you know, going to business, I, I wanted to do that. And uh, I come from a very long background of people who've worked in social services um, people who've worked in, in, you know, part of what it is that you do is service. So you work in nonprofits, you work in social services and things like that. And that's what my family identifies with. And I remember very clearly my mother saying to me, no child of mine will ever get an MBA. <laughs> and it's true. I, I ended up not getting an MBA, although, although, uh, I don't know that I necessarily needed it. Uh, but, um, it was very interesting and it was a very hard place to be at that point to go against what it is that your family wants. Um, so it's, you're, you're walking into that unique path, but I will tell you at the end of the day, um, you know, for most people, your family will always stick with you and be there with you. Uh, but go for what it is that you want. Now I'm curious what you want to do. You know that, right? Um, I might want to go more into 
kind of like the social sciences, um, psychology and linguistics and stuff like that, um, which is, it could lead to being a doctor if you think about it. So I could just end up there, but, um, or like a researcher like in that field. So um, I could end up being a doctor and it might all work out, but that's what I was thinking. How about you, Muhammad? What are you gonna study? Likely something in science. Um, I'm fascinated by science aspects of that. Something maybe uh, with the brain, such as neurology, that might be a possibility. Um, how the human brain and the body react, because I also tie in with mental health. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Neurology. Well, mental health field's going to be lucky to have you both. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for joining me today to talk about complicated and complex family situations and being our guests here today on Talk to Be Well as we all try and navigate all of the things that help us differentiate and move on and move forward in these complicated times. If you are looking for support with your mental health or any other medical questions, please check us out at providence.org. And for students, teachers, and parents, please check out worktobewell.org where we're going to talk with you about all things mental health and there's all kinds of resources to help you figure out your complicated situation. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. This has been Talk To Be Well. Thank you and have a great day. Mm -hmm.